Tone Jerks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gower, and with me today we got Kyle McIntyre. And a special guest on the line, we have Jared Brandon with Brandon Wild Pickups, and I'm on the guitar knobs. Yeah, All right. Got, got, a, got a twofer, yeah. I've uh, been uh, you know, talking with Jared for a while. We were on uh, his show, The Guitar Knobs. And we're like, yep. okay, we gotta, you know, get we him on our show, there. and then we'll get, you know, Todd, Tony on. I mean, we don't have. I mean, those guys are cool. No, too. It's, it's Pokemon. You got to catch yeah. them all. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, uh, big fan of the you know, Guitar Knobs podcast. Fan of the pickups. So we're stoked to have you on. Thank you. Thank we're gonna go more into you know your background and all that. But uh, before we do that, let's get to the what's news with everybody. What's new in your week, everybody? Roger Rabbit. Yeah. It's not like you're going down the stairs on the sled or something. <laughs> um, like cartoon character. Um, so I, not a whole lot, man. I've been working a lot. So it's like not a whole lot new with me, but I guess we have like a, a, a combined mm-hmm. what's new, you and I. Yeah. Kind of sad. We're uh, an end of an era, I guess. Yeah. We're, mo- we're moving out of our uh, studio, yeah, which we're, we're actually kind of stoked on too. But yeah, ooh. we have a we've been sharing a rehearsal space for a couple years yeah, for the band, three, like three years. Um, yeah, with our buddy Sean Tolly, and it's been cool. But it's just something that we've been wanting to get into a little bit bigger space, uh, something yeah. um, a little closer to us. And then the fact that like we're not really gigging, so you know, yeah, there's that. <laughs> that's the big part of it. <laughs> so it's like we, I mean, now that we're practicing more, we're getting like more into the mindset of like a weekly practice. That's when we decided to move out. <laughs> yeah. But, All right, right. We're really doing it. The All big, right. We should probably leave. Like the first, like what, three months of quarantine, we just didn't practice. I'm like, we should have moved out. <laughs> we were paying for rent. Yeah. But not even being there. Well, you know, we kept our amps there. So. Yeah. So that was, was nice of us. That was like basically like paying for storage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like, it's it's cool. We got uh, plans to move into another spot with uh, our friends, Hardly Human. And closer to where we live. Not that it was like that far, but it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It's only like maybe three miles closer. But if you can go, but you know if, what? You, if you don't have to get on the freeway, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's not that big of a deal, but. Yeah. So that, that that's that's the, the plan. And then in the meantime, we're going to be practicing in our drummer's garage. And yeah. So some of the uh, ideas we've been batting around, actually, I think we've talked about it before. But I think we're gonna try doing in ears just to keep volume down with like practice because in a garage, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> might be kind of cool to try out. Yeah, they're not insulated like houses are. Well, most of them aren't. It's if it's a, you know not attached, I would imagine. Plus, it's out in California. How cold does it get out there? <laughs> not that cold. No, right? Forties 40, <laughs> maybe. It, that's yeah, about it. Yeah, okay. And that's really cold. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> it, if we were the idea is to practice like during the day, so like his neighbors are. I think he he, he's, oh. he plays drums during the day, and they're usually fine, as long as it's like, hey, let's jam until like fucking like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine the neighbor that has to to work midnights? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Dude, God, what the fuck God, are you God, doing God. during the day? <laughs> but some people are trying to sleep. We've practiced there before, and um, yeah, it's been good. We've been playing, you know, just out of a practice PA. We kind of run um, DI out of a Sansamp, and then I was using my Fractal, and it, yeah, it was it was good. So now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, we could probably bypass that whole thing, and since we could just bring Kyle's pedal board with a Sansamp XLR into my Focusrite Claret Eight Pre, which is like an eight channel, like it's an interface and a mixer, 
on its own so we can nice. send like the idea is like oh we can send three of our own like individual mixes of what we want and we can just you know kind of mic the drums so like i don't know the idea is like all you would hear is drums so we're thinking yeah. about it like yeah we can just do that instead of having to like set up a pa and kind of get that we put duct tape all over everything too yeah no one hears it <laughs> so t-shirts and stuff on mm-hmm. cover the drums with yeah t-shirts and stuff like that <laughs> but yeah that's that's it and so like i like was asking a couple of friends about like oh what about monitors and stuff like that are these ones shitty or good i was uh, uh talking to steve from 60 cycle I'm like because uh, he plays at church with in-ears and so i'm like oh what's your experience and so he's like oh these are good these ones are shitty Da-da-da. he's like i got some custom ones and they don't fit and i'm like how, <laughs> how the hell does nice. that work how do yeah. you get custom yeah. he's uh, like yeah i'm kind of bummed about that <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah I think that's kind of the next move for the band is like, okay, practicing in a garage again. Yeah. We've talked shit about in-ears too. We have. And <laughs> here um, we are again. <laughs> here we are. I think we've talked shit about going direct only. I'm like, you don't feel the amp. And now I'm like, fuck, I guess we're just going to have to do in-ears. <laughs> I hate feeling the amp. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't need to move air. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say my friends do the same thing. They did a while back. They, um, they practice in a basement and he's got young kids. So... He's an electronic drum set, mm-hmm. and they all have uh, they all use headphones, and uh, they're not in ears, but you know it's basically the same concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's virtually no noise. You just hear strings clanging and drumsticks hitting rubber. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you don't have headphones on. Yeah, I think that's kind of yeah the the idea and the move. It's is like just Guitar make... Center without the amps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't just play That'd be awesome. play a spider on insane. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of kind of stoked to try something new, and then that'll also kind of move us more towards uh, getting into doing a live stream recording of what we want to do. It's, if we can dial yeah. in a setup like that, then we'll be one step closer to doing the live stream, which we've talked we we keep talking about. And Brian and I got some ideas, and then Kyle, we're gonna need his help building the garage to make it look like a set. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I'm, curtains for days. That's mm-hmm. that's my curtains, job. Awesome. Christmas lights. I think we can make it look cool. I'm picking the paneling. But yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited. So it's a little a little bittersweet to move out of the old studio that we've. I guess we've yeah, yeah. paid rent and shared that for like over three years. I want to say yeah, and then uh, we're wow. moving gear out of there. And since we don't have, well, we have the space, but we kind of just don't want to take it up. We talked to Co Schneider of the Flippin' Flippers. I'm like, hey, dude, can we drop off our amps at your house? <laughs> yeah, my eight ten. <810. laughs> Uh, with my SVT head, he's like, oh, "Okay, fine." Because I'm like, "Oh, we don't have a room yet. Can we drop it over?" He's like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> I'm gonna charge you guys rent. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm like, "Okay, it'd be cool. He can just like fuck around on the gear." And he's got no. He can't touch it. He can't play it. Yeah, don't even look at my amp, dude. Put that. Put the blanket back on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, yeah, we're we're kind of stoked, but it's a little, little little change of things. I guess that's my what's new. What's uh, new with you, Brian? Well, uh, let's uh, bring it to you know Jared. What's going oh, uh, new with we you? We could do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. The newest exciting thing in my life, other than pickup stuff, um, would be I, I got my band back together. That get the we band formed. back together. I, it, literally, we <laughs> did. Uh, so my first band was I think in 1994. Um, I was in high school, mm-hmm. and and uh, these two brothers, I had met I had met them a few years before, but. We had a, uh, we did all original music, and Mike, Mike and Mark were the brothers' names. Mike mm-hmm. would write all the music. Mark played the bass. I played guitar. Mike played guitar. We found a drummer uh, a little while later after we had some stuff developed, 
And that was probably one of my most favorite bands I've ever been in because it was our own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a thing going on in, in the mid nineties where, uh, around town where we, all of us around the same age, we go play at coffee shops, some outdoor park venues at parks, and we would get shows together. It was a really good time. Yeah. Um, just kind of we didn't necessarily where, could. Yeah. Right. It was fun because you were around people the same age. It, it, it was before we were allowed in bars and, you know, experiencing the two and three o'clock in the morning drunks and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and packing gear and all that. But anyway, uh, when the, um, when the COVID hit the pandemic, yeah. uh, Mike and I started playing again and, but we would do stuff on garage band. So we weren't even in the same town, you know, he would write a song. That's and, cool. Yeah. Do the thing on garage band. He would send it to me and I would put my spin on it. And that kind of evolved into getting his brother back involved and, and we're starting to get together again, you know, carefully. Yeah. No, and that, that, that's uh, cool trying out drummers it's really exciting it's something that i literally have dreamt about for the last 25 years since Dang. we stopped playing since we you know life got in the way yeah <laughs> we grew up <laughs> yeah but uh it's nice now that you know i basically have all the gear that i've ever wanted uh yeah like when you when you were when you were a kid you're like i want this and, like, and now i have it <laughs> had nothing no, i had nothing man i had a one gibson sg i was lucky to get that i bought a you know, a, a 74 Gibson SG mm-hmm. in mint condition for 500 bucks, damn. which you oh, can't damn. touch me out for that. But yeah. I had that. I had a piece of shit PV amp. Yeah. Um, like a classic or something. It's just, it was just, it, it was awesome back then, right? Because that's all you had. But I bought <laughs> another one and I bought the same effects processor I had. Yeah. I found one on Reverb or something. So I had the original setup. Yeah. And it just sounded so. <laughs> So shitty. You're trying to it bring like '94 yeah. back. You're like traveling <laughs> back in time. I I'm did. Ready. I remember <laughs> nostalgic and everything. It just sounded awful. You, so wear, the, like, you wear the same clothes good. and hair and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Send me back, Doc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the no. It, for what we have going now, it's just it's a dream come true, and I'm playing again. So yeah, yeah that, no, that's, that's what got, that's what got me. You know, basically, that's the only thing that could have happened that I'd want to actually spend time with a band and all that kind of thing again. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I'm doing it. So it's awesome. Yeah. It's what, awesome. Kind of, uh, what kind of style? Uh, you know, you can't ask me that, <laughs> we, man. <laughs> no, what don't we play? <laughs> we were into Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I right. mean, I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. So GNR, I was we were big GNR fans. So you can hear a lot of that influence. And then, you know, some. Uh, you know, early to mid nineties uh, stuff too, like a little bit of Alice in Chains. Yeah. Uh, Nirvana was huge. You know, when I was in high school, that's when Kirk killed himself and stuff. You know, kids out in the hallway crying Spoiler about alert. it. Right. In case that <laughs> yeah. he didn't know. <laughs> right. <Sorry>. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, re- I remember that day. It was, eh, it was not pleasant, but, uh, but yeah, so that's what we got going on now. Um, one of these days we'll release it somehow. No, oh, that's really cool, and it's all original. So you guys are kind of just like it is letting the creative ju- creative juices flow. I like that whole garage band thing, like a back and forth of like, yeah, hey, I have this cool. idea. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty safe, and uh, it, we're bringing back like two or three of the original songs we did too. So that's, oh, that's really cool. exciting. Yeah. 
it, it's weird because nobody really heard the stuff we did back then because it was 25 years ago and mm-hmm. half the people that heard it are probably dead <laughs> but, uh, yeah. or just forgot that they listened to it so it's like brand new to so anybody new, else new for everybody and i'm sure like yeah. even you like the songs you're like oh it's like riding a bike you remember them but you're like oh man i could probably play this so much better now or sound better so you're like oh that's that's cool too just to like think of like yeah in some cases, yeah, and then I, we've got recordings uh-huh. of what I did a long time ago, and I'm like, oh fuck, man, how did I do that wrong? Oh. You know, it's kind of like, oh yeah, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's like, it is kind of like going back in time. You're like, shit, maybe I do need that Digitech FX processor. <laughs> that thing was a piece of garbage with man. the flanger on the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yep, easy on the flanger there, big I was guy. Like, <laughs> Me when I first like figure found out about effects, I'm like, oh man, this is what I need all of them on at the same time. Because <laughs> it was like a chorus, yeah, the whole time. Yeah. Let's just do that. And then like you listen back, you're like, nope, need that fast rate <laughs> and the depth all the way up and flanger and who, too. That's who a solo. The fuck pre-program those presets too. Like they, who did that? They Whose wanted, job was that? To, you, they wanted you to know that it was on. You know? Oh yeah, like a like a like a demo of like this is what it can do. So yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Or something like that. It's like it's it's funny to think about like how much better or like more time they put into like presets nowadays with like, you know, Helix and the Strymon shit. Or like there, a lot of people just play Strymon, like those big Strymon Strifecta pedals. They just play oh, the yeah. presets. They never actually go in and edit yeah. any of them. They're like yeah, no, I like that one. <laughs> like, yeah. did you edit it? No, it's good the way it is. So yeah, they were uh, they tried to model it after CE one, but they had everything cranked. Mm-hmm. So you're like, this is garbage. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I like yeah. remember like the old like I had like the, a Pod Go or whatever when I was in high school, and I'm like, <laughs> none of these sounded good. No. You had to really, really tweak them to sound good. <laughs> yeah, this thing was a rack mount. Oh, it dang old, like, shit. It, 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 it was that. It was old back then. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It was <laughs> I like that. What gear are you like? Not you know that you guys are like jamming at the moment, but like what gear are you going to use for this? Because I know, like, listen to the show. You have a shit ton of gear, like Marshalls, and I shamefully do. And I, I well, let me need just it for say the business, that I'm, man, you need it for the business to try. I, I do. I, I do, and I, you know, um, I'm very, very, very lucky and fortunate that I have all the shit that I do, and I just wanted to get that out of the way, but. I just took a bunch of stuff over there um, just to see what would sound good. Like I'm, I think I'm going to just end up with my dual super lead uh, out of all the vintage, awesome marshals I have. It's the <laughs> newest one I have the, the dual super lead. That's what I'm going to use. Oh yeah. I mean, those, you can't go wrong with those. The uh, JCM 2000, right? Yep. You don't need extra pedals for that. And it's, so I'm, I'm running pretty lean on pedals too. I've, I've got some, uh, um now it's native audio but it used to be red house mm-hmm. um with mikey uh he's our guy man i love that yeah. that that dude i haven't seen him in a while but so i'm running a couple of those uh i'm i'm also running a um mutron uh the uh the octafuzz or the wow. you know the octa yeah so that a newer one not an original one okay and then um and then a volume wah and I've also got a really old Yamaha chorus pedal that if if I want to run stereo and I just turn all the, the knobs all the way down and yeah. it sounds phenomenal just keeping it on. Hell yeah. Uh, that's, when that's you're cool. running stereo. I'm not that's familiar cool. with the Yamaha stuff. I didn't know they made it's, I guess that makes sense to make pedals, yeah. It's like thirty years old, man. It's a really old pedal. 
that's cool <laughs> but uh it is so yeah that's basically what i'm doing and i'm that's what i got and and my buddy he doesn't even have an amp so i just took him my black star ht60 mm-hmm. and uh it, these amps are are pretty easy to they turn down with the master volume um so you yeah, know that that's a big help it is so you gotta you gotta find the balance and um the bass player uh i kind of coaxed him into coming back to the band mark because um i said hey man if you come back i'll let you just have my gibson eb3 uh, i got like a 1970 gibson eb3 and i'm Dang. like you can just have it if you if you come back like i, I we really wanted to get this thing back together yeah, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna keep it, but I'll just use it the whole time I'm in the band. I'm like, yeah. I don't care, just, <laughs> just stay in the band. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he loves it. He's, we thought that he was, he, wasn't gonna dig it, because he left the band that he was with for a long time, and we thought he was done. But it's the opposite. He's, he's really into it. So yeah, that's about the, and I've got a, a just a ton of guitars. Um, I, I usually play the Les Paul. Then there's one song where I play a, uh, a jazz master with some wide range pickups in it. Nice. Um, they just have a, re- it's a really different sound. And cause you would think, oh, that's just going to sound like a Les Paul when you have the, uh, the wide range into a fender, but, but no, man, that just has a, yeah, a very I unique w- sound. I would assume so. Yeah. With the scale length and also like the mm-hmm. jazz master bridge, adding all that string length too. Just like the way yep. that affects the, you know, I don't know the, the way the pickup pickups picks up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, try that again, or you yeah. Can, and I'm like, let it. I, I like a painted myself into a corner. I'm like, how am I going to get out the of this? Pick-s-bl- the pickups, pickups. <laughs> right. I'm also using a a, a chasing vintage guitar, um, with a chase gullet, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm and a couple of reverends. Oh. So I. I really like Reverend guitars. Uh, I I usually change the electronics out of them, but uh, Ken Haas he he runs Reverend and uh, he doesn't give a shit. I mean, he just he's a super nice guy, super uh, tall like me, so it's just nice to not have to look down. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah. uh, I mean, I yeah, when he, I talk to you though, I have to look up. So, <laughs> but I know what you mean. You're pretty tall though. Well, thank you. <laughs> But the I yeah, am I mean, not a tall drink of lemonade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the yeah, Ken's Ken's super nice. So I like to use his guitars. Uh, but you know, nothing super extravagant. You know, I'm not using a a vintage Gibson. I'm just using just regular guitars. You know. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's it's so fun to just gear was a problem. You remember how it was too back in the. 80s or 90s or whenever you guys started your first band you just had to use what you had man. yeah no I mean, that's I could, like i think once we, we 2000s just, but yeah we, we know what you uh, mean we just had to get amps, <laughs> amps that were loud enough yeah right oh my god so loud I, I want the biggest right and then i want the one above that <laughs> when i was a kid i would dream about just having a gibson electric guitar just something yeah. mm-hmm. that I wanted that logo on the headstock. I wanted a nice, real good guitar because I had the harmonies and the piece of shit you got from your friend that he didn't care about. <laughs> he put some stickers on and you tried to make your own, you know, and yeah, and uh, for a long time. So, yeah, I, I probably have a little bit too much now, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, I waited a long time to have it. I busted know? my ass for these. <laughs> yeah, you can't have them. Well, maybe yeah. you can. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> 
That's cool. Uh, That's new with me, man. Yeah. Brian, what's new with you? Um, I mean, besides moving the studio, I did get some new strings. Not yeah. only just that, are they new, they're new size strings, because I'm trying to just push myself out of uh, my comfort zone and try new uh, tuning. All right. Because I went, uh, since I got the equids, I'm like, oh, I have like basically three of the same configuration guitar. Yeah, now they're, you can uh, experiment. Yeah, they're each yep. have like a single bridge p- uh, pickup humbucker and an Evertune. So I'm like, all right, they're kind of all the same. I don't, I usually like to keep two, uh, like, kind of set up the same so that one could be a backup and I can always just switch and then keep them in the same tuning, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm not super experimental with like, let's try even just, I don't know, a drop tuning or a drop C or something like that, or even just doing in standard tuning. Yeah. We play, uh, what? Um, half step down, so E flat standard. Yeah, um, we're really pushing the envelope with that one. Yeah, it's, it's we mainly, have to do that too now. Yeah, yeah, it's mainly just for singing. Yeah, and then I'm like, yep. what if I just not even that much further, but just play like kind of drop D, but like I was gonna go drop C sharp, but I'm like, well, if I'm gonna get new strings, I might as well just go even lower. So I'm playing drop C. So, it, shit, <laughs> and I'm like, e? yeah, and I'm like. I th- I got the eleven. Are you, are you dooming over there now? No, I'm trying to play like I don't know more <laughs> of like I got into the band Pierce the Veil. Sludge, listen- sludge rock, <laughs> sludge rock. They're kind of like faster, um, like pop punk, but they play like yeah. they play drop C, and so like they play like but you know like how do yeah? Wouldn't you just have like floppy strings everywhere? Well, not if you get um eleven to fifty six. Oh, that's what we're getting to. Mr. Ooh. Science Man over here. I, you know, I and the 56, is, I know people play like, I play like 60s or 70s and stuff like that. Um, that's like the biggest that like my Spurzel tuners would <laughs> like accept. <laughs> Before they snap. I was like shoving them in there and I'm like, they're Spurzel locking tuners. I'm like, they barely fit. <laughs> Get, getting a drill in there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to drill these out. I'll just throw away the strings and go back. I'm like, this was a fun idea. I wasted fucking $7. Or, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, you know, tune my guitar to that, and it is weird. I'm just like my normal, just like, you know, grab a guitar and start riffing type of thing. I'm like, that's wrong. My little box that I'm used to going to, like <laughs> yeah. the, you know, pent- <laughs> pentatonic, uh, like figure one that I know, <laughs> I have to change that now. And it's, you know, it'll be, it'll be cool just to try different chords or even just like, how can I, you know, maybe just write riffs. I doubt I'll open your mind. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> to me, I'm like, oh, if we write something that I'm like, oh, this would be cool for the band. I'm like, ah, I'm just not going to want to do it because I don't want to bring two guitars in different tunings, you know? Yeah. So I think of people who have like, you, you know. You do it the hard way. A lot of people just drop acid. And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, I'm so deep, bro. <laughs> but, yeah. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that voice. Oh, yeah, Instead dude. of drop C, drop acid, okay? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's easier. <laughs> huh? um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I was talking to Will Leahy, a friend of the show, um, about it, and... He's like, dude, that's that's the way to go. Eleven to fifty six. He's like, you should do it. He's like, just play doom shit. I'm like, no, I'm gonna try playing like metal <laughs> pop punk stuff. He's like, that works too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just cool to now try I something. Try it. Yeah, yeah. Try trying something new, and I was, um, just like turned on. You know, my uh, just plugged into my uh, computer, and I just used that like amp roots like plugin. So I just picked the heaviest sounding ones, like, and it is there. I don't know. I'm. I usually play ten to fifty two, so it's not a huge jump for me. Yeah. But it definitely that fifty six is big, <laughs> and I know people play bigger strings, but I'm like that is like a I don't know. It's like a like a tow cable. 
playing <laughs> something that big. To tow a truck or something. Yeah. Pull a truck out of the mud. So that's something new for me that I'm just like, on my own, maybe I like come up with riffs or whatever, and I can use them for, I don't know, pedal demos or whatever. But yeah, I just have a new guitar, a different type of guitar, like mm. tuning-wise at least, instead of like, oh, they're all the same. So, so when someone goes, oh, I want to play this, you're like, don't play that one. Mm-hmm. Play the other one. <laughs> or if you go to grab that one, you're like, oh, yeah. What the hell? What the fuck? You just start just like, you uncontrollably, you can't stop just playing drop D, chugging and chugging. But no, that's kind of it. So it's fun. So I'm trying new things here. And of course, I did. not really. Yeah, a little bit different. But I wanted to get into some topics. But before we do that, in case you are unfamiliar with Jared, and uh, you know Brandon wound pickups and the guitar knobs. I kind of wanted to you know introduce you to the to the audience a little bit, a little bit of backstory. Oh, here. cool. So, yeah. um, let's see. Maybe start off with the guitar knobs. I'm uh, definitely familiar with you on that show. Sure. I think I listened to the first episode you were on. You were a guest, and then you um, kind of became like a a host. So, uh, what made you want to like you know be a podcast host? Because I, l- I love the show. Like I think I said it on yours. I'm like it was. Listening to the guitar knobs is one of the podcasts that wanted me to start the Tone Jerks with Kyle. So I was like, love the banter. It's fun. You can actually talk about guitar shit and not be boring, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What got me... I, what got me into it was basically I, I just wanted to be on the show to get my name out. Mm-hmm. And um, he found me at a guitar at a local guitar show in Columbus. I had a table with, uh, you know, with my product and was at the show selling and mm-hmm. and he walked up. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm a I'm, I got this podcast we started, uh, you know, a few months ago, and um, yeah, hey, you stone. gotta you gotta check us out, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't do a good Todd. He's gonna yeah, that's your best Todd. I'm I'm gonna get shit. Yeah. Hey, man, you wanna uh, buy yeah, a Rolex? Hey, man, uh, subscribe. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. He opens up a trench coat. Yeah. He um, he, yeah, he found me at the show and he had. And I was like, yeah, hey, I want to be on your show. I want to be on your show. And he's like, well, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. And I was like, oh, man, he doesn't really want me on the show. So I bugged the shit out of him yeah. for the next <laughs> couple months. And then he And then he got a hold of me. I'm like, yes, I'm going to be on a real live podcast show. <laughs> and um, it, and I talked about pickups. I was really nervous at first. And mm-hmm. and uh, and he had the th- actually had two of the original guys there for the for the podcast. Yeah, I remember it started out with, that like, he started with two or three other guests, or not guests, but hosts, mm-hmm. and then it kind of changed after that. Yeah, so Jeff was still there, r- really cool dude, and uh, Jay was still there, and he's still, Jay is in his band. Uh, mm-hmm. He plays bass. And um, yeah, it was, I was a nervous wreck. I, I brought all these, I brought like three pages of notes and was thought I was going to control the show and I was wrong from there on out. I was wrong from there on out. So still wrong, but, uh, yep. No. Um, Todd's Todd's format is, I really like that format. It's people expect it and that's why they listen to the show. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I think, I think the, the other fellas, I, I don't know if I, Maybe the other fellas had, I don't know what they had going on. They just left the show. Okay. So yeah. he, he invited me. He's like, Hey, do you want to, cause he's, he saw how much I love the show and, 
and how I wanted to be on the show. So he invited me on to be a knob and I was thrilled. I was like, yep, yeah. I certainly will. Cause you know, as a business, I can write that off as marketing and, yeah. you know, parking, I can mark all that shit off and going out to eat, you know, all the good <laughs> stuff that you find, find a reason to mark off, you know, write yeah. off. So, you know, as time went by, Tony, Tony Dudzik came on and, um, we had him as, as a guest and that dude's a, a guitar Bible. So we kept him on and, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, it, it's been Tony and I and Todd for I think the last two years. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it works. And, uh, at first, yeah, I kind of wanted to do it for marketing and to get my name out there. And it just ended up that both of those guys are my good friends. And yeah. that's pr- pretty much why we do it now. It's just because we're just really good friends. And yeah, we, you can tell we like, help. The, like the chemistry between you guys is there. It's like it's funny to joke around. There's always the back and forth. And then like that you know, yeah. between the three of you guys, there's a lot of like knowledge. It's, you know, especially like when it gets into like the more technical side of things or even like running like a guitar music business, like having uh, like you and uh, Tony kind of like asking questions and stuff like that. And it like top potato back and forth. I, I like that. It's like definitely a good listen every kind of every week. Or yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you. It, and it's a different it's a different podcast than everybody else's, too. And and uh, that's what's cool about it. And I, I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine not being on at this point. Mm-hmm. It would it would really it, it would. It kind of hurt, but so you know, we just we just keep. <laughs> if it'd be like one we week, just... you're like, "What the fuck? I'm not here anymore." <laughs> yeah, uh, you're no longer on the podcast, Jared. Say you know, take. That would. <laughs> I would probably cry. You know, just, uh, <laughs> run out of the even building. Though, I don't say a lot. I mean, to, to, to be honest, I'm. I don't say a lot. I don't. I'm not good at chiming in, as as you could probably tell. You know, <laughs> and uh, I I interject when I probably shouldn't, but that's the fun of it. Todd, Todd laughs about it. Anything I do is like funny to Todd, <laughs> uh, but I have the, would you rather thing? And, and, um, it, that makes me feel important, I guess. <laughs> but, I'm, uh, I got my own jingle, man. <laughs> yeah. You can't cut this. I don't, <laughs> right. Yeah. Who's going to do that? They ain't going to do it like I can. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. T- I totally dig it. And I, you know, like I, like I said, you know, you guys kind of do like uh, pretty much a weekly basis type show, like interviews. You guys even do like the one-on-ones and like, you know, the more in-depth mm-hmm. topic type episodes. So it's a, it's a good listen. I definitely suggest anybody who's not listening to the guitar knobs to fucking listen to the guitar knobs. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And, then, and we, we, we don't say fuck on the show either. Oh, it's a, yeah, so. it's clean. It's a safe for work podcast. <laughs> it is. It's. It's clean. It's, it's really nice to come on here and just be able to say whatever the fuck I want. It's there you great. go. <laughs> but you also the, uh, build pickups. So that's... Uh, I do. Uh, what... I guess how long have you been doing that? I know you, you know, I know you've probably went into the whole story on Guitar Knobs, but I'm like... 2006. <laughs> okay, so... It's... So... Take us back. Yeah. So, play <laughs> guitar in my life. Um... I went in the army for three years, got out of the, yeah, after high school, mm-hmm. got out. Uh, I was a military policeman. I, I hated, I didn't want to be a cop. So I, I got into construction. I was a bricklayer, did that, um, union bricklayer. It was really hard work. It sucked. And, <laughs> Damn, um, yeah. it, right. So in the wintertime, I get laid off cause it, it snows here in Ohio. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it gets, it, it gets cold. It gets below zero sometimes. So, during that time, I'm just farting around the guitars, and uh, 
I don't, I can't really re- remember what triggered in my brain to start messing around with the pickups, but I did. So yeah, because I first, I, I, oh sorry, I always think of those as like they're their own standalone thing. Just leave them alone. If it doesn't work right. or don't fuck with it, just take that out and put another one yeah, in. If I it's never broken. You're like fuck. It's done. One. It's toast. I don't ever think the, of like what makes this work. Exactly, and I remember how that felt. I remember taking apart that Gibson SG. I took a pickup out, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna put this back. I'm gonna fuck everything up if I don't put it back." And I <laughs> did it real fast, cops. and I was like, eh. <laughs> "Yeah, I'm serious. I was scared. You're I was handling like, it like it's like uranium." Or don't tell yeah. Gibson. Don't tell Gibson. <laughs> I was. Well, I, I was like, "Oh man, I I can't go any further. You know, I have to just put everything back so I don't screw it up." And uh, now it's you know I could. I know exactly what's under the cover. You mm-hmm. know, it's there's no mystery anymore. And so, so yeah, I remember how it feels, you know, the opposite of now. But um, time goes on and, you know, you started like kind of just messing around with it. And then like you kind of get to the point where you think like, oh, I can build this myself or rebuild this or rewind it and stuff like that. Yeah, I built my own little winder out of a drill and that's i think most people that's how they start mm-hmm. i mean me it, it was barbaric i'm like i just have to get something that spins and stuff so mm-hmm. i can <laughs> wrap this wire right mm-hmm. and people use record players they use oh, you shit. know sewing sewing machines i think i think Lawler started with a sewing machine he's got a great book out you gotta you gotta read it if you're interested um so people start out with things that turn yeah. you know wolf from Wolftone pickups in Washington, he started out with a drill press. Dang. Oh, damn. Um, that sounds dangerous. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I, I know. I know. But, uh, yeah, so I, I got a winder around. I put it in a box, and I kept it, and I put it in a box and just uh, put it away. Um, and it'd be really interesting to get it out now. But uh, So I just started out slow and and uh, just – slowly got into it i i bought stew mac stewart mcdonald if mm-hmm. you're not familiar with stewart mcdonald they sell you know luthier tools guitar parts and, mm-hmm. and uh pickup parts and stuff like that that's how i started and i sold my first pickups to my friends nice. um so i kind of know where they're at you know um <laughs> it just grew from there it just blossomed and i got on ebay and i got a cease and desist from demarzio and it was great so shit. you know <laughs> you know you're somebody yeah, when definitely. you get one of those at least yeah like uh, i got noticed <laughs> someone's paying attention yeah. right yeah, but, uh, yeah he was the first yeah so it uh years later here i am and i i do this for a living it, it took it took about four years for me to to you know, quit my day job and to, to nice. go to it full time i had enough i have these accounts where i i make i don't know 50 to 100 sets at a time and and they they resell them Dang, so, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. So you get enough of those. You also do like rewinds and stuff. A lot pickup? of rewinds. Gotcha. Um, Love rewinds. Yeah, yeah, so that you're kind of like doing like you know, you know just pickup repair and then also building your own pickups and shit like that. So you're kind of like yeah. you're in it. You're in this. Do you like? Will you rewind like bottom of the barrel pickups, like Squire pickups and stuff like that? Or are you lo- looking more like you know Gibson ones? Or I will wind. I will wind whatever. The customer wants me to whine. I mean, I will the wine squire a roll of toilet paper. Yeah, if you want. That's exactly right. Yep, whatever <laughs> okay. gauge toilet paper you want, man. Let you me better know. pay me, little um, man. Single ply. put that money in my hand. And I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, 
if it's sentimental to them, I will do it. But if it's not, I'm like, eh, don't bother with that. Yeah. yeah. And Squire Squire pickups aren't bad anyway. Yeah. They're they're actually good pickups. So, yeah. but to um, be honest, yeah, no, I mean that's a good little I don't know kind of background on you. I we're kind of already yeah. doing it now, but I wanted to move it into like the topic. Of talking about pickups. We should talk about pickups. That's what I was going to, like, this whole thing is like, it's just like a... <laughs> and I'm not talking about trucks. A dummy, yeah. <laughs> like a, a dummy how-to of, of pickups, or, or just like whatever. I have a bunch of just stupid questions I want to ask you. And I'm sure Kyle and I just have, like, pickup questions, and I was like, oh, we have an expert here. So I kind of, this is the topic, is like, ask Jared about pickups. <laughs> yeah, that's, awesome. That's exactly yeah, what you I know, down. The, the pickup <laughs> truck thing, when people ask me what I do for a living, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I build... Oh. Guitar. I always put the word guitar in front of pickups. Otherwise, they're like pickup trucks. Yeah, every time or or How you, you make rewinding? guitar picks? You rewinding an F one fifty? build a whole pickup truck. Yeah. You know Ford yep. makes those. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna put you out of business. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, but oh um, I don't know. I was thinking about pickups and um, really, I I don't know a whole lot about them. I like what I like and I don't know why I do and I just know enough to like do the damage I need to for pickups <laughs> right <laughs> you fun. said a yeah. whole lot without saying exactly because that's I'm like uh, that's where I am baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with I'm dangerous with these words be careful mm-hmm. exactly and we stay in business because of people like you <laughs> and that you know um, <laughs> I, like you you help uh, Kyle pick out uh, oh pick. you made a joke yeah there you go um, a couple of his uh humbucker sets yeah and basically just like yeah like listening to like what he wanted that was for like a build so he kind of was i didn't have any pickups yeah but i'm sure you have a lot of people like oh i want to upgrade pickups on my guitar like when i don't know for you not just like oh make a sale but like i think everybody thinks of like oh the first thing to upgrade like i have to upgrade pickups if i buy a guitar you got to get new pickups like is that always like when's that like threshold of like yeah you should get pickups because of this or like these pickups don't fit you because of this. Mainly that comes in play when you're a working man and you have a family, you don't you don't have uh a lot of income and there's really no nice way to say that, but huh. if you can if you can't afford a, a top-notch guitar and you want to buy an Epiphone. Yeah. Uh you know, say you pay 3 to 4 500 bucks for an Epiphone. Yeah. Uh let's call or whatever. If you really want it to sound good and you're really going to hang on to that for a while, mm-hmm. I think it's worth putting a couple hundred more dollars into it and uh, changing the the harness and the pickups. Yeah. I think you can get away with doing that for about, oh, around $250 and really make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, sound-wise, after that, you're going to pretty much sound like the higher tier guitars. Yeah. yeah. You know, because it's... At the end of the day, it's, you know, the construction of the wood. It's, you know, the electric components and how well the guitar resonates. Well, you know, that's that's the bottom line. And also, um, like, what you're playing, how you're playing, and what you're playing into, that affects it as well. That you're like, well, oh, absolutely. At, at, at that point, it's that, like, last percent. Or even just like, oh, cool, I'm, you know, playing, like, a really nice Gibson. But, oh, this person's also playing, you know, one of these, you know... Um, yeah, it, it, like I don't know, like a Yamaha Proctus amp or something like that. Yeah. It's not going to be like the same yeah. as like the guy playing an Epiphone through a Marshall stack or something. Yeah, I mean, if if you don't have the nice amps, I don't think you're going to bother upgrading the guitar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, 
but I that's about it. I I can't really think of any. I mean, if you're just not happy with the way a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollar guitar sounds, you know, of course you'll. There's just you no know, pleasing you. <laughs> yeah, if you're that guy, and and I like those guys, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then then if they have a guy like they have a pickup guy, I I've got customers that every time they get a new guitar, they call me. They're like, "Hey, do your spin on this," and I'm like, "Awesome, I will." I got this guy. And, he makes my pickups. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> that would be like the first thing you would upgrade. I would think is pickups. Yeah. As, as far as like I don't know, like for. I, for the, uh, for tone for sound a huge change yeah yeah like I mean playability yeah, it, other things like a new nut or whatever could help but as far as like the huge sound change it would be pickups yeah yeah a lot of you know guys who do that they they want those guitars the way they want them so it feels like they're you know like it's a part of them you know it's yeah. their guitar it's just not an ordinary guitar on I'm, the shelf I'm exactly that person because i can get a guitar and then if i change something on it especially pickups or whatever i'm like well this is now mine you can't get right. this off the shelf baby. i customized this <laughs> yeah i feel like that I'm like, <laughs> i pimped my guitar <laughs> right like exhibit I comes do. yeah <laughs> heard you like pickups but yeah i mean i don't know i i want to say like i think i've heard it so many times and i want to say it's true too just like changing pickups will totally change a guitar yeah. and yeah. then um yeah, we're just rolling, rolling down the list here. Like, I, I, I never knew what type of pickups I wanted. I just kind of like went mainly for like, I don't know what my idols played or whatever. <laughs> and I think Kyle kind of went like that too. It's like Mark Hop has played the quarter pound, uh, yeah, like Seymour Duncan baselines, and he's been playing yeah. those ever since. <laughs> yeah, but I used right? to play like okay, like Billy Joe played a JB. Uh, from Green Day, and then Tom DeLonge played an Invader. That's all I ever played. And then since then, I kind of only went to them when I was younger, replaced the pickups, and I really liked the sound of that because I got a Squire, and it changed the whole life of it. But ever since then, oh, yeah. I, I've been kind of just like picking and choosing of just different ways. I'm like, I don't even know what works. I finally have gotten into the camp of like lower output um, humbuckers and things like that. Oh, yeah. It's like, which is a little different than I guess most people would think because I'm playing punk rock and stuff like that and higher gain stuff. I really like low output pickups. Play the 5Ks from Sonic pickups. Like he's got the Crystal Palace, the 5K output humbuckers. I'm like, they're great. Yeah. (laughs) To me, I'm like, he was like, these are really kind of meant for jazz players. But you like, you like like them? And I'm like, yeah, I love these. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that would work. Sure, yeah, yeah, they're made for punk rock now. That's what he says. He's like, they could do punk right. rock. He changed his website, too. He's like, they're good for punk, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, that that's pretty awesome. I, I don't think I've ever gotten that request to have a humbucker so low like that. But, hey, that's his thing, and it's working. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. But I guess, like, cool. what's... I mean, I would, I would assume the main difference between, like, I don't know. I, I kind of went more towards low output humbuckers just because of my setup that I have. Um, I've been playing like fractals and digital things that I don't like slamming the front end of it and digitally clipping it, you know? And so I, I really kind of gravitated towards that, but I, I found I really like the sound of it as well. But I'm like, is there really a big tonal difference between higher output? Like, cause they can go up to like what, 20 K and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So the three main components of a pickup is basically the shape of the pickup, how it's constructed. Like you have your single coil, you have your humbucker. Mm-hmm. And then when you go into humbuckers, it's like how how far are the the poles? You have two two row two bobbins, right? Yeah. 
how far are the the two magnetic poles on on those two bobbins apart from each other that's going to change the sound right there uh yeah the windings like what you're talking about the output that's that's one of three um that absolutely matters mm-hmm. um so it's structure plus the uh the magnetic pull the magnetic strength of the of the you know of the magnet and there's several different types of magnets and then there's there's the uh the shape shit i lost myself so there's magnetic <laughs> yeah there's there's a structure and then yeah and then the windings that's pretty much it i mean um you know, if if any other winder out there is, you know, oh, you're missing something, then they can you know, challenge you to a duel. Oh, mm. they can email me and correct me because I welcome that. But um, <laughs> you know, we all learn from each other anyway. But that's 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 a lot of it. So so winding is a very important. So what you're you're really down the right path with liking that because I don't know if you remember some of the the mid to late seventies artist series, uh, Gibson's, mm-hmm. uh, like the, they have that big Moog, uh, effects. Yeah. The RD artist. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. RDs, those pickups and those guitars are, are low wind. Yeah. And they're humbuckers and they're, you know, it's because it's an, well, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily active, but it's going into an active board. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so that's kind of the same concept that's ish of what you're doing. And you're right. I mean, putting a, an invader through, you know, what you're going through isn't the best thing. <laughs> uh, so you're getting with a, a humbucker like that. Uh, that's a low wound. Um, you get more of the tonal qualities of the guitar. Anyway, you're not burying what that guitar has to offer, you know, as far as, when you pluck the string and the oscillation of the string and mm-hmm. what it sounds like naturally. So, yeah, I mean, you, you've kind of fell into the right direction when it comes to low wind and in the way you're running it into your effects. Oh, what's the hottest you can wind a pickup, I guess, before it's like unusable. I'm, I don't know. Like, don't test it. <laughs> you're going to do it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. So as far as, uh, resistance, um, guitars pickups have used like a 38 gauge to 44 gauge wire and get in pickup building and the most common is 42 43 and 44 gauge i've got some 50 gauge wire and that would be insanely hot but it would just sound weird yeah i imagine you would need like a neodymium magnet to match that and it would just be it would just be ridiculous so i i think (laughs) I, I'm not sure, but I'm going to speculate that I think after, you know, how, uh, a level of hotness, it would be, it would be redundant maybe. Yeah. But, uh, I don't, I mean, you got your, um, your Ebo, you, you, your Gibson Ebo bases. Yeah. Though those mud buckers in the neck, those are like 36 K. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Buddies so you got, got one of those. Oh, but they're also so they're like right up to like the oh. neck fretboard. Oh, yeah. So like they kind of they need are. to be higher output, right? Yeah. Um. Not well, that to high. get that. Well, to get that boomy, dude. That brown, you note. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and plus, most of those guitars are a shorter scale. Yeah. Uh, 
And I guess, yeah, maybe so the you, string would move a lot more. So it probably doesn't need to be that hot I, now that I'm thinking about it. That's yeah, weird. So, no, that's, that's cool, though. <laughs> now, a, a funny thing about those, when you know people that tinker with pickups, they go to read the pickup with their meter. They don't they don't know to to switch the thing over to, I believe it's 200K instead of 20, because it oh. if you don't, it'll read dead. Like mm-hmm. the pickup will read dead. Oh shit! So, so if it's if away. it's over 20k, yeah, or sell them on eBay and I buy them, there's nothing wrong with them. Damn, nice. Um, yeah, so so you have to change the meter uh, according to how hot the pickup is. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that. So if you get a Seymour Duncan Invader or 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 a Demarzio that's like 20k, um, just remember to to switch the thing over on your meter. <laughs> I say thing and. I say thing a lot on the other podcast, man, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> like we, but, uh, the thing can mean a bunch of different things. <laughs> I know, man. The thing. You had, you had mentioned yeah. uh, like pole pieces, and then uh, this is another dumb question. Does it matter what those things, like I guess, like what they're made, made of, of yeah. or what they look like? Because I know sometimes absolutely. they like, use blades. I know like that was like a what, the, the dime bucker or whatever it uses like a blade. Uh, I know the uh, Invader, which we mentioned before, is like has those big like I don't know bolts. It looks like you know, and yeah. I know um, I think bare knuckle. You can change what kind of slugs or whatever they call it that like, you can have it look like. You know, like Allen wrench screws or whatever. The hot rails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it does matter because you've got your magnet. That's you've got your north and your south uh, poles are. You know, uh, your north is going up one set of poles and your south is going up the other set of poles. So according to what material that's carrying that magnetism, um, some materials are more, you know, translucent or not translucent, but more, uh, you know, better than others to they're more ferrous than others Mm -hmm. are, you know. So so, yeah, it's there's a level of, you know, strength. I guess with uh, according to what material there's 10, eight, 10, 18 steel. There's just uh, different grades of steel that are out there. Um, and, and then you have your st- structural differences, like your poles, your slugs versus the blade. Yeah. Um, the advantages of blades are, uh, you know, when you, you pick a, a pick a string and then you, you see it vibrate and that's oscillation you're never going to have any dead spots with a blade. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. So, yeah, so that's a that's a big advantage of blades. Well, it's like that um, Reverend guy. Doesn't he make the rail? The hammer? rail hammers. Yeah, yeah. Joe Naylor designed those. Uh, he's a super nice guy. If you ever run into him, he he um he came up with the rail hammer and yeah, and they still sell them today. That's a really great concept. Um. But yeah, half of it is really big poles, and the other half are the rails. I actually bought one just to have it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, that's a great pickup. And that it's would a, would that be really like smart. more of an advantage for? I guess I don't know how it's configured. Is it like the blades are on the treblier, higher strings, or the lower ones? Damn it! Yes, too fast. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I'd have to look at it, but I, yeah, I go grab I it. It's cool. we'll wait. <laughs> it doesn't. I guess. <laughs> okay. I guess. Well, yeah. I guess that. Yeah, you'd have to think of like. I guess you could probably flip it too, right? I. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I think it's. I think the um, it the 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 poles is the poles are supposed to accentuate what the what the rails don't do. It's it's 
Mm-hmm. It's supposed to to balance out the the volume of all the strings because your lower strings are usually louder. You have a, a heavier, larger oscillation. Yeah, they would move a lot more. And the small strings don't. So he kind of used the the rails versus the poles to kind of even that out. Yeah, that's cool. It was really genius. I mean, it's it's really thought out pickup. I think I've seen, yeah, DeMarzio makes one. I think it's like the Crunch Lab or Liquifier that they do is like yeah. where they have one blade and then one set of like pole pieces. And I'm like, he's oh, a cop. cop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see that and I'm like, what is the difference between those? And then I was wondering what like the Invader looks cool. I always thought it was cool when I was like a kid. I'm like, does that do anything? Looks industrial. Exactly. That's what I thought. I'm like, those are bolts. <laughs> It looks like, like rivets, yeah. man. It looks like it's on the side of a plane. This is meant for heavy stuff. Like a tank, bro. Yep. It, it kind of goes along with the industrial rock. You know, the industrial, like, Nine Inch Nails and mm-hmm. and uh, those kind of bands. But, but yeah, that's that's a really smart pickup. I, I wasn't aware of DiMarzio's version of that. But um, when I think of DiMarzio, he was kind of the... He was one of the pioneers with the super distortion. I mean, you... That is an unmistakable sounding pickup, and and of course, um, I think he's credited with designing that. Uh, I know he was in competition with Mighty Might back in the mid seventies. Oh, uh, and then um, Demarzio he trademarked the actual color of Double Cream in the early eighties. Yeah, that's what I I think I I heard that before. I'm like, that's why people don't do the Double Cream. I'm like, really? Yeah, I. I got that cease and desist too. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I read the the letter. Okay, <laughs> I put yeah, it up on my I, I, on my fridge. <laughs> I got my own copy. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, but he's. You can be mad at him and stuff for the, as a pickup winder. A lot of them are they they don't. It, but it's a business. He's a really good businessman. He's really intelligent, um, and uh, I do respect a lot of his early early work. Especially the the super distortion, that that pickup, when a pickup winder that's first getting into winding pickups sees the way they're built, he'll kind of scoff at it because there's glue and there's not very many components compared to a lot of other pickups. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, it's got the uh, you know the hex bolts that they use. Yeah, yeah. They're barely riveted. They're they're barely like adjustable you can tell that they pressed them down in the factory mm-hmm. um and they use a ceramic magnet but man they sound really good for what they're supposed to sound like you know for what they're used for yeah and uh so so there's that it, it took me a long time to come around and say you know it's kind of mean to all the other pickup builders but he's he's an actual businessman he's he's smart Mm-hmm. about you know business and you know compared to all the bozos now that go on uh facebook and they just give away all the uh you know they give away all the sourcing and all that now everybody's making pickups yeah <laughs> but uh and and i i might seem a little salty about that but when anybody calls me and asks me i i just really enjoy talking about it and helping them out mm-hmm. but uh yeah, maybe he's like a little bit more disconnected from that aspect of it than he's he old was. school. Yeah. yeah, he's he's old school, and you just he exists still, and you that's just the way it is, and I I can live with that. I just stay the hell out of his way. Yeah, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, because he'll he'll get you if you don't. But um, I guess I, I I don't even have a segue. I just have a list of like random ones. Kyle, do you have anything else? Or I'm, I feel like I'm hijacking Jared. No, here. I already I asked my question. How <laughs> hot can you make a pickup? How was- hot? I didn't really answer you, did I? As hot as you want, man. All right. <laughs> Let's just do it. You like plug how, it in. I got an order. <laughs> Air amp explodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was too hot, Jared. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you You got to just pull it back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Amps on fire. <laughs> um, so I, I heard this on... I listened to a podcast called The Fret Files. The guy's a little bit more kind of similar mindset. I uh, of a old school guy. I think he's like, I listened to the show. It's like, uh, he's like guitar luthier builder and stuff like that. He'll, uh, yeah, I did too. He's, I think he's good. 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 Did. Listen, he's definitely totally different. He's like, little kind of hanging out slower, whatever, but he's got good info. Yeah. And he's like, he uh, makes his own pickups as well. Right. Winds him himself and stuff like that. And then he had like, somebody had mentioned something about like, um, you know, humbucker size P nineties. He's like, Nope. And I'm like, I, they <laughs> shit or what? I'm like, to me, I'm like, that seems cool for people who have humbuckers and they want to do a P90 because I want to do one <laughs> for one of my guitars. And he's just like, no, just get a real P90, man. Just get a new guitar with a real P90. I'm like, people don't have that option. And then he just like never really says like, they're not good. No. <laughs> I'm like, is that really true? Can you not make a humbucker sized P90 sound like a, like a dog ear P90? Or is that just like a maybe an old school mentality? That There is truth to that. A traditional P90 uses specific, you know, specifications like wire size and how large the actual coil is and the shape of the coil. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is actually change the, the gauge of wire and you have to wind that uh, coil smaller uh, than what it originally is. Oh. And, and that changes the overall... Um, frequency response, and what that is is basically what I explained before. It's 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 the shape of the pickup, how oh, it's made, yeah. all the specs combined it's the structure, into one thing. The shape and the, the strength, dude. I wrote those down. <laughs> oh, the magnets, man, and the strength of the magnets. It's like uh, fit so, a square peg into a round hole. It's like we, yeah, we just shove it in a bunch of times. But <laughs> that's easy enough for me. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, so that he's I can understand why he says that, but. I think that if you try hard enough, you can figure out an alternative to where you can, you know, shrink that coil down a little bit and use the same magnet structure. Definitely, you can and get yeah, you close can. enough, right? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, and I and I understand why he said what he said, and I'm not going to argue against that. But but yeah, you could you can do it and be happy with how it sounds. Yeah, it's like you know, maybe the ideal situation would be like, oh, a guitar with real meant for you know real p90s and stuff like that that would be the, yeah. the, the good way to go instead of like oh well let's try and frankenstein a, a pickup or whatever yeah so i believe wolf tone oh I, I don't remember if he made i think he made the he made rings i think that you can put p90s on a humbucker through in a humbucker thing or the other way around i don't remember but mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you're gonna pay like five to seven thousand dollars for a plastic injection mold just to make that thing, but you can just get a guitar with the right pickups <laughs> instead of yeah. getting the conversion kit. But I mean, it was a super good idea. He just didn't go through it. He he didn't follow through with that idea. But 
I don't think enough people were interested, but he, he did have, if you guys watch, um, the Doug and Pat show, have you ever watched that show? I have not. No. no. So there's a, a here. I'm going to plug those guys for it, for mm-hmm. them. You're, you're welcome fellas. Uh, there, <laughs> there's a Doug and Pat show. And I think they gear it more towards, you know, maybe the baby boomer generation or mm-hmm. actually it's a really interesting show. I think you guys would like it too. It's just two old fogies talking about guitars and they they review pickups and they review parts, they review guitars, they're friends with Joe Bonamassa and all that thing, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And they talk about Firebirds with Joe and uh, my pickups around there. And these pickup rings I'm talking about uh, from Wolf Tone are also on the Doug and Pat show. And nice. it, it's pretty interesting. No, that's cool. So yeah, no, check that, that, that out. That would be a, uh, like a, another cool idea that somebody could do. And just like, oh, get actual P90s and just put them in a pickup, ha- you know, in the same house yeah. or whatever. But yeah, that's that's what he tried to do. It, it, yeah, he just didn't follow through. It, there was a, I don't remember why he didn't, but it's um, probably just the idea yeah, in overhead. Idea. You're like, oh, this would be cool, but nah, not enough people would buy it. So right, I mean, not everybody thinks the same. And then some people the, like like. I don't know. Don't care that much about like how their guitar looks. I've seen. I think I was watching a premiere guitar like rig rundown, some <laughs> um like a metal core band or whatever, like a hardcore band. They like he's like I love jazz masters, but I had to put a humbucker in there. So he just literally just tr- like chopped like <laughs> the, <laughs> With, like a the, pocket the, knife. Yeah, or something? like, like it, it looked like yeah, yeah just like a little uh, like a bit. He kind of took it and just cut the space out and just drilled screws into the body for a humbucker and it looked, it looked like shit but he's like yeah i love it i'm like yep you could totally do that too <laughs> he's hoping it, he's hoping that guitar gets the same notoriety as van halen's frankenstein yeah <laughs> and i'm like yeah but, if it works for him he's like i love the the way they feel they like they sound really great but i, need, I had to have a humbucker for what we do as you would think for a metal you'd have to have a humbucker as opposed to like a jazz master pickup yeah oh absolutely and then, yeah. um, yeah, and then I'm just going down the list here. I have no segues. Gold foils. What the fuck? <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's my note. I'm like, what are they? Like, they're, yeah. I, it's like, I've never really actually played one, to be honest with you. I think I see them. They look cool. I like the idea of, like, oh, it'd be cool to have, like, a more vintage thing. But they're, re- they're like, low output, aren't they? They're, like, super low output. Some of them are. Like, your pancake. Do you know what a, uh, the term pancake pickup that that's a harmony pickup i think um and you have your dearmond pickups they were i've seen those yeah, yeah. i think i've played like, yeah, guitar they're... like with that and i'm like i kind of didn't know what i was doing i'm like what is this thing it i think i was so um uninterested in the guitar cuz it, it was like an old like like what the harmony like bobcats or something like that yeah and it just yeah, i i think i was yeah. just like i was like blinded by the mojo of them because I don't know, like local bands here in San Diego, the garage one, the jangly, like, you know, surf, pop, punk, whatever <laughs> yeah. bands that are like yeah. the ones that get the good Friday night gigs. They were all playing these like <laughs> harmonies and silhouettes. I'm like, these must be killer guitars. I'm like, no, it's all looks. They look cool. But I'm like, you play them, they suck. Tiny, tiny yeah. frets. Like the neck doesn't Bent feel ass well. neck. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> and then the pickups, I'm like, these they kind of didn't really do me well. So I put it right back on the. Guitar rack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not what you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, especially your you know, your setup, but uh those are really interesting pickups. And what's what I find interesting about those is how they wound them because some of them 
when you have a bobbin, you have what you call flanges, and that just kind of holds everything together. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of those gold foil pickup makers, they didn't even use flanges. They somehow wound all the wire around a magnet, and then they used like this. They were really cheap. They use this wax paper or whatever the fuck they use. I don't like masking <laughs> tape or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's so yellowy and old and they use some bubble yum and shitty now. <laughs> like, whatever. Stuck it together. Some big league chew. Yeah, chew that and just like, <laughs> all right. We need no, another. big league wasn't around yet, man. But yeah, I mean, right. They they just used whatever back then to hold the thing together. I, I had a gold foil in the other day for repair and there's a backing paper in there and it was from a magazine and it had Damn. Japanese writing on it. That's crazy. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. That's kind of a cool that they like just made it work. And then you pull it apart. And you're like, what the hell are they doing? You're trying to reverse engineer. I'm going to put this back together <laughs> now. <laughs> Shit. Leo, Leo Fender did the same thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Leo was very, uh, he was very resourceful and he would, he would use a lot of paper products like, magazines to insulate as connections um especially when i get an old uh, like a steel guitar pickup Mm -hmm. and the plastic that they use just shrinks and it's useless Mm -hmm. yeah so i have to basically rebuild that and he used magazine clippings inside and i i've got a whole tray full of old old magazine clippings and things like that That's because cool. I know Leo used that. Do you ever like him. Get, like I don't know like I'm weary or like almost like uh, uh, uh like about like touching old pickups and rewinding old ones because I'm sure people bring them in like you said nostalgia purposes like oh this is my old like I don't know from my 60s or whatever guitar do you think like oh man I kind of don't want to take this apart. Um no, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> like I'll um, rip into that motherfucker. <laughs> I will, man, and I'm still that way. Because w- when I was a kid, uh, I think what helped me get into this uh, manufacturing pickups and and stuff was when I was a child. I was the asshole that took apart their brother's toys. You know, <laughs> I, would, I would just tear into Teddy Ruxpin to see how that fucker worked. You know, <laughs> and you put it back together, and you're like, "Oh man, your toy's broken. That sucks." Right? You put Bon Jovi t- cassette tape into Teddy Ruxpin. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, all that stupid shit. But yeah, I used to take stuff apart at home and and uh, tape decks and all sorts of fun stuff to see how that stuff worked. Definitely, and, maybe a different I, mentality. To me, I'd be like, "Oh, but you're a little more fearless." I would say. I yeah. think that some of the the coolest, uh, probably the coolest pickups that I have rewound and rebuilt were pickups that I didn't I didn't realize whose pickups they were until well after the fact. Yeah. So so I did some I did some late seventies T tops uh pickups. They're just the the bobbins with the T on it for those who don't aren't aren't familiar with those, but it's just a, a regular production pickup from Gibson in the in the seventies. And uh I got a set of those to to rebuild and rewind. And then the the customer came up to me at at Summer Nam, and he's like, "Hey, man, you want to see whose pickups those were? Who you rebuilt? You know who you rebuilt them for?" I'm like, "Yeah, I want to see." And it was uh, it was Mick Mars. Oh shit! And I'm like, <laughs> "I like this fucking Mick Mars. I I rewound his pickups." And in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Yeah, kind of glad I did a good job." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Mick Mars. I I, I would have flipped out if I, I would have known. Do you know? Whose pickups you just rewound? <laughs> it depends on how they said it. <laughs> it was his son. 
Well, yeah, uh, it was the son. He plays like what a HSS Strat, or at least like he did for a record, right? Yeah, I think I think at first he used Les Pauls, but you know, with his bone problem, mm-hmm. uh, I think he just went to Strats and put humbuckers in them just because they're lighter guitars. I, I'm just assuming that. I, yeah, I, I think I know. read like a thing that he was doing Strats because they're lighter, and then he was like playing. I think he did like one of their records with like. Like I just he did all uh, I think it was like what was the uh, eleven rack did you like mm-hmm. did you design eleven rack I'm like oh dang he did a whole record with that <laughs> but no that, yeah, that's I fucking mean, sick dude it's like you're just like maybe that's even better that you didn't know who was playing it yeah yeah and and so I'm like well I guess I could just do everything how I do normal anyway no matter whose just stuff stay it is on I target just, stay on you target just, <laughs> you just do the job man you just do that's what they expect you know and. And if somebody professional or famous uh, needs a rewind service, I don't, I don't raise my price because of who they are. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're like, you, oh yeah, uh, that's gonna be uh, four thousand dollars for yeah, a rewind. Four thousand yep. dollars plus, I mean, me consultation fee. That's gonna be another five. Sorry, Mister Foxworthy, <laughs> we're gonna have to bump that number up. <laughs> that's not a guitarist. You Here's might be, you, you might be a pickup, if, <laughs> right? Oh wait, that's Billy yeah. <laughs> Same guy. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, man. It's uh, rewinds are probably one of my favorite things to do because that's that's when you go to school. That's when you learn like how they made shit when oh, they yeah. made shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. And there's something I want to mention about wide range pickups too. Um, yeah, that was our on my list. Like, what's I, I know that there are humbucker, right? Oh yeah, that's about all I know. Why oh, yeah. it's the difference between them? I know, like I think I heard somewhere that like there were the uh, MIM Tele Deluxes or whatever. They had the wide range humbuckers, but they weren't really right. Right, like, they were and just I'll tell in, you in the casing or something like that. Brian, let him talk. All right, okay, Jesus. that's like the way. spoiling the story. Shut up, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so back in 72, Seth Lover, who invented the humbucker for Gibson in the 50s, mm-hmm. um, he went to work for for Fender. And, and I don't remember what year he did. That's not important. Anyway, he was out there. <laughs> Look it up, kid. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm not Wikipedia. <laughs> Go to Google. So anyway, he's out there and and he he invented the um, the wide range. And when you look at the wide range, what really stands out is the size. It's much larger than a traditional humbucker. Yeah. And then you, you have the three and three staggered, you know, you have three on the bottom on one side that show the poles and then mm-hmm. you have three holes on the top and they're, eh, damn it. I can't really explain it over. Everybody knows what they look like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, the difference between the 70s when they were first invented is basically technology and uh, availability availability of the technology. Mm-hmm. So back then, they, the magnets that they used, they were adjustable. Um, and that mater- magnet material was called kunafi. And it's, it's basically alloys uh, mixed up to make a magnet, but it was soft. So you could actually machine that magnet and you know that has threads on them so you can you know turn the fucking things and go up and you know yeah. do yeah. your fine tuning stuff and in the I, I i think they started making them again in the 90s or in the late 80s but i'm sure somebody will correct me uh but they couldn't use kunafi anymore because 
nobody made it anymore. It it just evolved into a different alloy because I think copper was one of the main things in the Kunafi that they use more of. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure somebody knows more than uh, about this than I do. But any alchemists out sweet. there? Yeah, any metallurgists, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, actually, James Finnerty uh, of Rewind Electric is a whiz about magnets. He is awesome about magnets. But uh, anyway, the technology was too old, and and the next best thing was too expensive. That's what I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to speculate there. So they said, "Fuck it, man. We'll just get steel slugs, which are really easy to thread." Yeah, and they they're just already out there. And they're super cheap, and they're super cheap, and we'll just put an all Nico magnet in it. And um, they use different size bobbins. They use different wire. They changed it. They they weren't even as hot as they were in the seventies. Uh, the ones in the seventies were like ten, eleven k, and then uh, you know when they started reissuing them, they were only like you know, seven, eight K. So it was just kind of a different, it was, it sounded like a humbucker, just like a traditional humbucker sound in a Fender guitar. It sounded good. You know, I'm not going to shit on them, but they just weren't, they're just not the same pickup. And the wide range ones, they're more, is it, what's the sound difference between like, say an actual wide range and like the, you know, humbucker in a wide range box? Well, the old ones are hotter. Uh, the mag, the magnet, the magnetic um, is different because mm-hmm. the whole magnetic structure is different because the poles are actually the magnets. Um, so you had that complexity, mm-hmm. and and it was built a little different too. They weren't even potted in the seventies, so you had that that natural, you know, slight feedback that mm-hmm. a lot of people like to include in their they're playing but um and man they fed that bad that they were really fucking loud too if you cranked it up it was just unbearable but but yeah and the the humbucker version are just i mean there's really no better way to explain it than they just sound like a normal humbucker yeah yeah they just have the look they just have the look and what drives me nuts too is the reason they're called wide range is because they're they're wider it's yeah. just a wider pickup and the poles are further away from each other. Yeah. But so when people, people want these and they make these humbuckers with the, the three and three poles. So it just looks like a mini wide range, but in a traditional, they call those wide range. I'm like, it's not really a wide range. It just looks like one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> but I'm over that. But, uh, so that means like what I think normally what the base strings or like the six, five and uh, four, they would, the, yeah. sl- the, the, pole pieces would be closer to the neck so that would be a bassier sound and then the other ones are closer to the bridge so it would be more of a treblier sound well the the only difference is that you could actually um you know pull uh, you can screw out the screws closer to the strings mm-hmm. you know on the top or on the bottom but there's still poles underneath the covers so you had three exposed and three not exposed gotcha sound wise it was very you know if you took the cover off it would sound pretty much the same um and there's there's a lot of argument between does it sound different with a cover on it you know or does it sound mostly the same yeah there's there's this, just a if you had a graph on a computer and you were testing it in a lab 
of course it's going to look <laughs> you, you you could tell but if right? you're just like you can tell but if right. you can't if, if you don't know you know you're playing if, at if the, you do an ab blindfolded you wouldn't fucking know yeah the smo- the smoke the smoky bar with like 10 people there you right know, on, on a tuesday you're like it's <laughs> fine <did>? to me <laughs> yeah. right well i have uh some pickups you made that don't have any holes in it and i like the way uh, they look like uh, sick. yeah sometimes like you know like you know this looks cooler than i didn't even care what it looks like without a cover because it looks like slick baby they're cheaper without holes in it so <laughs> 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 but i think i remember you mentioning on the show uh guitar knobs that like you actually you make like the actual wide range ones not like the not the fake wide the range. fake ass wide right. range yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like, i would i would assume a lot of people would be like oh they get maybe those MIM ones that which that's a great guitar and you, you can get those and just like oh yeah just uh I love them man I have one and then actually um, put wide range in there and you can get that same yeah sound. pretty much um the ones I make do sound very similar to the originals mm-hmm. I like I said if you if you did the computer lab test you could see it different on the screen but but uh, a lot of people like mine mm-hmm. um you know, uh, Lawler makes a good one. Uh, pretty much everyone that I know of that remakes these pickups do a really good job. Yeah, they can actually uh, take it and be like, oh, we'll do a better job than the Mexican right. vendor ones. Yeah. Curtis Novak, he's super good at what he He's He's an amazing, he's just a notch above everybody else just because of the shit he does. Um, I, I just wanted to get him in there. But um, yeah. I, I love doing the wide range. I went as far as having the plastic bobbins uh, manufactured uh, the way I wanted them. So I, I took the plastic bobbin um, and they, the original ones were much larger than the, the reissues that Fender came out with. Mm-hmm. So I can fit the right gauge wire on it now and it'll be the exact same structure and shape and, you know, therefore, mine will sound more like the seventies. Yeah, you know, that's no, totally. the whole idea. Yeah, so I invested in that, and and there's, excuse me, there's a few other businesses that actually buy my bobbins to make their wide range. Yeah, um, so that that helps out too. But but what I really wanted to get at is um, Tim Shaw. His his name is really associated with Gibson because of because of his work at Gibson in the early eighties, he's an amazing uh, developer, but he, he works for Fender and. Oh yeah. The, the yeah. Shawbucker that came out. Yep. The, the Shawbucker in the early eighties. Yeah. So? Yeah. They reissued it now. Oh, they reissued. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. But what else they reissued? They reissued the Kunafi wide range. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I think I remember seeing the rumblings of that, like everywhere. It was like, I think tone mob. They're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, what's, is this <laughs> yeah so what he did was he actually bought i this is this is what i heard so don't please don't come after me tim or fender but <laughs> they what i heard was he actually bought a magnet factory what? and i'm not sure where and i don't want to speculate where so he can totally control um having these Kunafi magnets remanufactured and then distributed so no one else could buy these magnets mm. which is absolutely smart because me and a and some other pickup makers were we were wanting to do the same thing but it's like $85,000 just to even start the process of having it redone you know but yeah but 
Fender has the money, so they just bought a factory and they figured it out and they have them out again. And now you can buy them individually. Mm-hmm. And in and a lot of other pickup makers that are selling them for around the same price that you can buy the, you know, fenders now are like, oh fuck. <laughs> because if somebody, yeah, because if somebody wanted, oh, I want the original 72 sound. Oh, well, Fender is making the Kunafi again. They're making the same old pickup. Yeah, yeah. So I bought one and I can't wait to get it because I'm going to open the son of a bitch up and see exactly how, you know, <laughs> what, they, what they did. What did they do bobbin wise? You know, did they have the little, you know, parts in it they did before? Yeah, you so like I a, can't wait. <laughs> Someone wants to know and how I'm, the sausage is made. Yeah, you, you, exactly. I'm really excited about it, too. I'm really glad I'm it's going to it might hurt me a little bit, but, um, you know, sales wise, but I don't care. I'm really excited that Fender fender did that they they just did it right mm-hmm. and so kudos to them i i think that's great hell yeah so that's my whole wide range story there that's cool that's definitely like like i don't know like i've learned a lot of stuff we're running a little bit long so i yeah don't mind because i you know i'm learning a lot and hopefully the listeners are too um, i'm sorry man no no this is, great. This, is, sorry. this is great shit i got one more one more and then we're gonna like do a quick quick one and then we're gonna head on out of here um okay I don't know anything about active pickups. What the hell is the difference between that <laughs> and regular passive? I've only ever played and owned passive pickups. Active pickups, what's the deal? Is it just like an EQ that is added yeah, later? Preamp. Yeah, I have no idea. Yes, preamp. So you have a preamp. Um, the The pickups wound very low, like 2K, usually in the most. I, I don't know a lot about it, but here's what I do know. They're wound very low wind, um, and they do have a preamp that that basically accompanies it. Gives it, the, accompanies it, and gives it the power. Um, and I I wish I knew more about that. Um, I maybe you have more control on how it's going to sound. Yeah. Maybe you can. Maybe there's more that you can do EQ wise with that. They're like louder, maybe or clearer. I think I've heard like conflict conflicting things as far as like EMGs yeah. they're like oh these are perfect for metal because they're like so high output and da 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 and then I heard the um what is it the Fishman ones are like oh they're so clear the clarity of them da 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 and then you charge yeah, it with I, a USB I'm like I don't want to fucking plug my guitar yeah. to a USB to charge I also don't want to put a 9 volt in there too <laughs> yeah. right you have to it, it goes dead on stage yeah, yeah. that shit I've I used to have a bass that you know had a a Stingray had to do that. I got tired of it, so I don't mm-hmm. own it anymore. <laughs> like to me, I like I don't see like clear advantages of that because I'm like I don't know. It seems a lot like a lot more work to do. You know, the jack gets fucked up, and and when that happens, it it grounds out or whatever, and then the battery's always on, and it just you're like, Guys, why yeah. is this thing eating up my batteries? Well, the jack screwed up. It's usually, what happens? But yeah. yep. Um, so active pickups, you have a lot more freedom to sculpt them how you want them to sound. Mm-hmm. And that's just I'm pretty much that's pretty much why they are how they are. There's you have more, you know, you have more freedom to design how they're going to sound in the end. Game. Totally. Yeah, I mean, well, you knew a lot more than I did, so that was good. <laughs> but I, I pulled that out of my ass. So, you I, know, like, I'm, but... I'm going to take it as that's gospel now. <laughs> <laughs> me and the listeners are going to be like, yep, that's fact. <laughs> Jared said it. <laughs> but, it sounded good, right? Uh, yeah. we, we normally do two topics, so we'll get one more quick one, and we're going to head on out of here. 
Um, we're gonna do a, a bang, Mary kill, a BMK here. So, um, but since we were so gear heavy this episode, we're gonna switch it up. We're gonna do food here. So, yes. bang, Mary kill, burgers, burritos, or pizza. Which one's the favorite, least favorite? Which one's the one? Burgers, burritos, and Baskin Robbins. Just stick no, with we the beast. Stick with the alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> no. Baskin Robbins. What is it? Thirty-two flavors. <laughs> that's, that's all you have for me? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, you want to go first, Jared or Kyle? Me? Who? Brian, you go yeah, first. Yeah, when you guys. I gotta go. think about it. Let's see. Yeah. I am going to. I do like a good burger, but fucking kill it. Boom. <laughs> And uh, I think I'm going to marry burritos, bang pizza, because like burritos, man, they're they can like you know range all the way from like Taco Bell all the way to like your taco shop, like or to like you know restaurant style burritos, anything like that. They're all good, and yeah, so it's hard to fuck that up. So I'm gonna marry that one. Pizza is always good. So that's another way I'm like, it can just like be great, but I don't know if like the best pizza is going to be as good as the best burrito, whatever it's going to be. either like breakfast burrito. And also another thing, burritos can be breakfast. They can be, you know, you can have a pizza burrito and then you're, you're like, which one? Oh no, I don't know. Bang, I'm going to bang them. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to marry uh, it. Yeah. You could roll a pizza up <laughs> like a pizza doobie. Fuck. And- <laughs> <laughs> like a, a hand rolled uh, sushi. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like, this one's like uh, a quick one, but I'm like, you can't lose in either way. Yeah, um, I, I I'll go if if you want. Uh, I like how I was actually writing it. notes down. For I know this. I had to, had to <laughs> lay every, this all every, out. everything out. Else, he just like pickups topic, <laughs> and then he's like, pizza, bang, Mary kill pizza burgers. I'm like, mm, oh hmm, shit, I bite my nails over here. Oh no, what am I like gonna a, do? Like a Tessie sweating. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess uh, I will have to bang the burrito. Okay. Right. I'm gonna have to marry the pizza. Yeah. Okay. Even though you know my heartburn. I mean, come on. Still a match made in heaven. <laughs> take. <laughs> what's the, what's the medicine you take for heartburn? Prilosec. Yeah, I take I take an extra Prilosec before. Yeah. Double dose. Uh, you probably shouldn't double dose on that stuff. <laughs> no. Um, and then uh, kill the burger. I mean, burgers are good, but it's like one trick pony. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> Maybe we just don't have great burgers here. <laughs> uh, gotta come out here, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like uh, yeah. <laughs> the last okay. burger I had was a uh, Carl's Jr. <laughs> yeah, we're aiming real high over here. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll bang the pizza. All right, and, and I'm gonna make. Yeah, I, I've had some really good pizza, and <laughs> like this pizza in particular at the Italian Fest in Cleveland, Ohio. Some guy had this brick pizza trailer thingy. Oh shit! So there you he go. This brick pizza thing, and it, it there was hardly any pizza there itself, but it was a some of the best pizza I ever had. It was just the crust. He did it in a certain way, and sauce like the tomato sauce, and then barely any cheese. But yeah. I don't know why, but it was so good. Like it's the best pizza I've ever had, and it was like from three years ago. You're still, and, uh, still dreaming. Like, where's that guy? I, I am. Where's he like, live? I'm sure he's cooking right now. Yeah. For all What's I he know, doing? <laughs> right. So for all I know, he did that for a year and he gave up. But he had awesome. <laughs> he had a good, he got that, he go good get year. that trailer then, dude. Right. Yeah, I know, right? 
I'm just gonna put it in my backyard, like <laughs> like put it beside the grill. Yeah, <laughs> put it yeah, put put it at the uh, yeah. the guitar knob studio. So every episode, you guys pull up brick fire, <laughs> brick fire pizza. You gotta preheat yeah. the oven by throwing in like seventy logs in there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, it, it was it was amazing. And then uh, what did I say? I would marry the pizza? No, I said I would I would bang the pizza. Right yeah, now. yeah. I will marry the burger. Oh shit! I love I love burgers out here. Uh, there's a place here called Thurman's Cafe. It was on the Guy Ferretti show, the dri- Drivers Dine Ins and Drives. You know, yeah, whatever yeah. that show. <laughs> Triple D <laughs> Flavor Town. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. So yeah, uh, awesome burgers. We have great craft burgers here. And mm-hmm. uh, the hell with the burrito. You know, like, like, yeah. I, I don't, I guess I, I've never been a burrito guy. It's I, probably a regional thing. Maybe, I mean, yeah. We're uh, San Diego. Yeah. But, yeah. but the thing is, you're, you're right about, I mean, there's not, no wrong answer here because, like, burgers, yeah, we're could, not going to fight you. On you this. could make a, <laughs> like, as far as, like, what, like, we're, what we're all capable of, everybody could make a kick ass burger. You know, <laughs> right. what you can yeah. do in your own pad, you can make a kick ass burger. As like a burrito, that's gonna be hit or miss. Yeah, you right. Well, no, a lot more ingredients that go into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a risk for you know the aftermath of that as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I would definitely uh, try more burritos out west. You know, if you guys are, you know, talking good about the burrito, I yeah. yeah we got a- Chipotle out here, right? I mean, Chipotle makes a decent burrito. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know, cilantro in them and. Little, I don't know. A little fancy. I mean. but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's it's funny because we're from San Diego and everybody's like, oh, Chipotle sucks. I'm like, no, Chipotle is great. Chipotle is great. <laughs> it's no, it is. <laughs> no, it's good out. I, I like it. It's yeah. different, but hell yeah. And that's all I got. No, that, yeah. that, that, that was fun. So all right. let's uh bring this on home. Uh but you know, before we head on out of here, Jared, thank you so much. This was so thank much you. fun. I uh actually legit learned a lot. <laughs> well, I I feel privileged to be on the show, man. Thank you so much for letting me be on here. And and uh, like I said, uh, shout out to my my guys at the other podcast. Um, and uh, thanks for letting me ramble on about the shit that I do every day. No, I love no. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I said a lot. I probably said more on this podcast than I usually say on the other one. For <laughs> you're, you're, used to, you're, you're, it's worth. You're the yeah. star here, baby. <laughs> but you gold, baby. But I'm, I'm going to bring this in for a landing here. Thank you so much to the listener out there you know, for tuning into the Tone Jerks podcast. Thank you. If you like what you hear, you can follow along on social media. We have a Facebook group. Search the Tone Jerks and you'll find it. Join it. And, uh, you know, we have a, an Instagram. Oh, yeah. See how I brought that to an A to an N? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <We> have, <laughs> uh, at the Tone Jerks, we're posting cool shit on the reg. And if you really like the show, you can help support it on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. But if you double down for 2 bucks a month, you get an extra episode every week. And just for the support, we wanted to give everyone a huge shout-out, a sizable acknowledgement. Kyle, you yeah. got a list over there? I got it right here. You're going to give it to me? Bobby! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. <laughs> I'm going to try and do that, at least. Wait, All right. you guys are going to read? You get to have their name on the thing? Yeah. On the thing? We got them awesome. on the thing. We're gonna try Let's and- do it. <laughs> All right. We have Andrew Walsh, Adam Rohr from the Let Him Hear podcast, Doug King, Doug Christ from 37 Effects. There we go. Cheers to that. There's our boy. <laughs> One of these natty seltzers. <laughs> yeah. Natty Slow seltzies, down with those, baby. Okay? Uh, Abe Newman. 
I think Michael Alo- Newman. Aloha Beaches one. The peach mango. Yes, say it. Aloha Beaches. Beach. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Back to the name. Where was I? Where was I? Uh, Abe Newman. Michael Newman. Aaron Taylor. Nicholas Payson. Nicholas Ogburn. Colin Smith. Jason Fuzzmonger. We have Joe from Like My Pedals. Will and RJ from the Just Surprise Me podcast, The Jism Boys. <laughs> hey, they picked the name. They knew we were going to do that. Uh, we have Romyorn, Jamie Davis, Jim Bowers, Johnny Ray, Steve Mike, Steve Rao from 60 Cycle Hum, Kevin Equits from Equits Guitars. You just got a guitar made by him. Jump yeah. on the list. Yeah, get on the list. I'm thinking about getting on it again. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. <laughs> well, jump in before me. Yeah. Yeah. Brian wants all the guitars, apparently. Yeah. I need, I need some wide range humbuckers. <laughs> yeah. Huh. We're talking to the right guy. Yeah, it's Brandon. Yeah. Uh, Co Schneider from the Flippin' Flippers podcast. I'm, is it okay if I read these? You're yeah, gonna okay. You're going to interrupt me some more? Do it. All right. Brett <laughs> Alexander. Yeah, he gets hostile. I take... I take. This is my only thing. <laughs> I know. Okay. I whisper throughout the whole episode so I can just get to this point. Kyle, okay? he's got his bangers like, so how hot can the pickups get? Boom. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, bitches. Pull ripcord now. <laughs> and I step on the name like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Do you see what we're doing here? Do you see I have this in my hand? He just wind up. <laughs> gonna knock my block off. Alvaro Viramontes. Brian from Nutter Guitars. Leon from Pelican Noiseworks. Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago. Sean Fahey. Sean Arbo from Gun Street Wiring Shop. Sean Wright from Lollygagger Effects. That's one of your boys, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Juan Ortiz from Tone Hungry Effects. Mike Oxbig. (laughs) What? I don't know who that is, but I love that name. It's so funny. It cracks me up every time. I think when we first wrote it down, we didn't realize it, and then when we started saying it, we're like, Yeah, it wasn't until the actual episode, and like, that's good. So you could, anyone here could change their name. Just just gag names. Yeah, we got a couple in here already. I was going to say, you guys have the awesome names, man. Yeah, (laughs) I think everybody's like, like, they're just going to fuck around with the names, and like we're just going to say them. And some people change them every couple months. <laughs> we got uh, Zach Hale. I'm sure he loves following Mike Oxbig. <laughs> uh, mm. Eric Marrow from YouTube. You just had him on your oh. show, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So keep be... an eye on the guitar knob yeah. space for that Eric Marrow episode. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, we have a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks. Uh, Scott Hamilton from the Effects Loop podcast. And uh, Tim Nowick from Bardic Audio Devices. And that's it. There you go. That's our list. Man, wow. that's a mouthful, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Oh, my God. That's too much reading for me. Once a week. <laughs> my eyes are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right, well, ready to get uh, out of here? Yeah, thanks so much uh, for listening and supporting. And, uh, Jared, thank you so thank much you for joining so us. Much. You're welcome. Thank you, Brad. All right. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> see you.